<laughs> James, I I normally start off the show with something wacky that's happened to me lately, but I have to hear the story you were saying about Columbia. Yeah, well, <laughs> this goes back to my assassination days. I'm sure what? I'm sure most of you are aware that I was an international assassin for several many, many years. I was I was going all over the place killing presidents and what prime are you ministers. About? What? I was an assassin. <laughs> well, that's why we have you on the show. What do you think, you know? <laughs> that's why we're on the show. Well, I'm retired now, so I have time to do a podcast. <laughs> a- a- as as a former professional assassin, I feel like it's my obligation to try to help train the, the newer kids in the business. Just, you know, help them out where you can, mentor them a little bit. It's just a way to give back. I mean, assassination gave me so much. I'm just trying to give back a little bit. Thanks. Thank you so much, James. So, you know, there was a bunch of Colombians that went out to uh, Haiti and killed the president. Yeah, that was that was a few weeks ago. That's kind yeah. of a sloppy job. And I can't, really, I'm not going to go over the whole thing in detail because I don't, I don't want to get too bogged down in it, but just one little note. If you're going to kill someone, if you're going to someone else's country, don't start posting Instagram pics of you what? like in the square and doing all kinds of touristy things beforehand. You generally want to have a low profile. Don't leave any tracks. So this is what these Colombians wait, wait, did. Wait, 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 wait. So these guys went on a vacation and at the end of the vacation, like, hey, we're good. you know, we have I'm to not, go to work. Let's go kill the president. I'm not saying they went on vacation. I'm just saying they went there a couple of days before. You, that's just what you have to do. You go in country and you get you get your equipment, you get some accomplices, you get set up. It takes a few days to set up so to killing someone. This is not something you just go in. You know, people think it's so easy to go in and kill someone. Well, the it takes they make time. it look easy. It takes time and effort and you preparation to do it properly. In these days of preparation... Don't go out and start Instagramming yourself from the local tourist hotspots. That's just a no-no. Just just put your phones away. In fact, I would suggest not bringing your phones at all. <laughs> well, like you said, if you get rid of your phone, you said this before, I think it was last episode, you said if you get rid of your phone, they're going to think you're dead. Yeah, well, you'd like to be getting rid of the phone. You'd make a good assassin. Well, <laughs> on that note... On the other note, you do kind of stand out a lot, though, so you probably make a bad assassin. <laughs> Being tall, I do stand out. And it's then, not so much that. It's just you're loud. What do you mean? You, I'm not that loud. Every way you are loud. Come on. No, okay, you are loud vocally. Okay, I granted there. You strut around like a big, proud American. Okay. You know, I, I want to disagree with you, but <laughs> yeah. I have to tell oh. you, I agree with you because... When I've gone to Europe on the train, people come up to me and like, oh, you stupid American. I'm like, what? I haven't even said anything to you yet. And they're all, they just look at you like you're they're a piece of crap. They're just jealous. The Canadians are the worst. They're so envious of you. Why are the Canadians the worst? Well, they walk around with their little, I shouldn't say little. They walk around all over Europe with their Canadian flag, you know, it's a f- patch basically on all their backpacks because they want to make sure that they're not confused with an American that's because fair. that's a big I insult. I think that's totally fair. But if someone confused me with a Canadian, I'd be like, whatever. You know, I, I'm not, but whatever. Of course, I would rather be a Canadian. Here's something weird. Only when, when it I comes was in, to health insurance. When I was in uh, a part of the UK, I had some people ask me if I was Australian <laughs> and I was wondering if it, if it was because I have a little bit of an accent. I mean, not a lot of an accent, but a little, a little bit of a Southwest accent. And somehow that sounds Australians. To not the, even these, remotely. Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, what are you talking about? Look, like, well, you can't, you can't take these English too, too personally. Cause they can barely speak themselves. <laughs> you know, I, 
I'm starting to think I've it was Wales. I've told this story before, but I'm just going to I'm going to repeat it one more time yeah. quickly. I was working for an international company. We had uh, some British guys who were very smart who were doing a lot of the research, Americans and Italians. I had some Italian friends. They would always come and sit next to me during the international conferences when the British scientists were giving their um, symposiums. Yeah. They could not understand. Nobody could understand what the British people were saying. I had to interpret them. I had to take the British English and convert it into English English. Well, that's because mic. of TV, right? I mean, everybody no, 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 knows no, 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 English no, no. as the way we speak nope. because we broadcast it all over the world. No, because when you learn English, you learn the proper way to speak it and you don't learn, learn a lot of colloquialisms. And the British are particularly bad at two things, pronunciation, because they really don't pronounce words well, and they use a lot of colloquialisms within their speech. Is they, that they, outside of London? They're or almost like they're imperialists London? thinking that thinking that everyone should just conform to them. Well, doesn't everybody think that about whatever country they're from? No, I'm saying this is a proof positive that the British, A, speak English very badly, and B, just kind of, you know, don't really, aren't sensitive to the rest of Europe. (laughs) When I was talking to other people, when I was talking to the French or the Italians or whatever, and they were being generous enough to speak my language, because I can't speak their languages, I'm a dumb American. I tried to be as clear as and concise as possible oh, without right. using, yes. you know, without using the colloquialisms or words that they may not understand, just trying to communicate as clearly as possible. I worked for many companies that were multinational, so I did that all the time. Well, here's, here's the thing with me. And I noticed my wife is the same way. When we are with, with a certain group of people, we start to capture their, uh, je ne sais quoi. I guess so. So for example, I'll find myself if I'm in the South starting to have draw out my words all of a sudden or Indiana. If I find myself in New York for too long, I start finding my, even when I'm with you, I notice my voice changes with you and both my wife and I, when we start getting around our family, all of a sudden we start talking like them. So for example, my wife's family, they talk with a lot of spaces. I would I would punch. Oh my god! I I would not stop punching them. That drives me absolutely. (laughs) That drives me so nuts. Maybe it's because I'm from New York, but just don't waste my time. Just finish your damn sentence. (laughs) And that's how they talk. And now, in my family, we talk in short spurts. So, like, we'll talk really quick, and then all of a sudden, nothing. (laughs) There's not a lot of lulls in the conversation with Christopher. Well, we haven't. The thing is, this is why I like drinking coffee with you every week. Is your conversation and my, I, I feel like we have an interesting conversation. And so, yeah, I have a lot to say about it, but let's just say if I was with my family, you know, I know everything about them. So, I mean, at some point you don't talk anymore. Well, part of that is also, you know, when they're, you're not going to be able to convince them of something. So you That's just true, drop too. the topic. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how I feel about you though. Sometimes too. <laughs> you, can, you can convince me of anything as long as I already think it's right. I want to go back to the murder, uh, the, 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 uh, the assassinations. Yes. Well, see, that's the other thing about when you're, when you're assassinating someone from a different country, I try to be very polite to them and I explain to them, look, I have to kill you right now. It's nothing personal. I don't use a lot of colloquialism like, Hey bro, you're going down now. I'm going to cap a pop in your you know, backside. I don't spike, speak like that. I, I try to spell it out. It's just more polite. Okay, as a killer, I got a question for you. Ready? <laughs> it's been a couple weeks now, right? And the news has basically dropped this. It's like Not it at never all. happened. I don't think that's true. Maybe you're, maybe your news news sources have dropped it, but I still very much in my news. They're still going over you know the the repercussions of it because the Haiti government is in crisis. 
and we're sending representatives and troops and, and other things of, of that. We're sending assistance. The United States is sending assistance. Oh, that's interesting. And it's still I am not very seeing, much. You're right. A, I am it, not seeing much about it. It's practically st- nothing. It's still a very, very much a ball in play. A big, and you know, it's a big deal. Where do you get most of your information from for, for news? Uh, I get it from, I hate to say it. It's a little embarrassing these days to say, but the BBC, Axios, Twitter. Axios is one of the big ones for you, right? Yeah. It, it was, you know, both of those. A year ago, I would I was much more positive on both of those news sources. Well, I'm embarrassed about what I, the first part of my information. A lot of my news comes from Twitter, but I also, also embarrassing, I also watch regular broadcast <sighs> over the air TV. How do you even do that? Well, we were talking last week about watching the basketball game. I watched that you know, just for free on the regular station. And I will tell you, I felt like somebody was screwing with everybody who was watching that way because it looked digitalized. Every now and then it would like break up. Well, hang on a second. Are you looking, is this, you're getting an over the air, over the air signal or is it? Yeah, over the air. It shouldn't be digitalized at all. No, it is digital. Yeah, I know it is digital, but I'm just saying it shouldn't, there shouldn't be breaks in it. And why only during the sports game? Why not before? Why, why all of a sudden I feel like they're like punishing, Hey, you need to purchase because free is not good for you or us. I don't think that's how it works. Then why was that? Why was the game so digital? Like these little digital breaks was like, uh, you know, and breaking the sound. I'm like, do you you remember does that? Why all of a sudden? Do you remember 30 years ago? Before we had cable TV? Yeah. Everything was over the air. And of course it wasn't. It was also analog. Right. It was analog. So it wouldn't break up in the digital things, but it would go. You would break up on its own, but its own analog way. And it would do that sporadically throughout the yeah, broadcast. Yeah, a plane flew over your house, but... No, well, okay. You, back in New York, where the weather was much more flaky and it was much more humid and we had much oh, yeah, more hills storms. and valleys, you know, the signal was not generally that good. And it would, it could flake out, you know, all on its yeah, own. I suppose all you're right. I suppose right. So, but, but as far as the sports game, they may have been trying to broadcast at a, at a higher bandwidth, you know, uh, more frames per second. I'm not, I'm just speculating now. I don't know. Or it could be some big scam to try to get you to pay for it. <laughs> so you're, I, but going back to the, the thing. So you get, you get news on this, the murder. Oh yeah. Yeah. On, on the assassination. Of the, on the assassination. President. Sorry. Yes. On the assassination. Yeah. Wow. Plus we have you know, us assassins. We have our own little newspaper that we, yeah, I st- I'm still, I'm, I still, even though I'm retired, I, I still. You're not going to pull out an old paper newspaper for me, are you? Well, I mean, I could show it to you, but then I'd have to kill you. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm going to get a warmer upper and then I would like wow. to hear, well, I'll just wait till after. All right, here we go. <laughs> Do you have more warm coffee for me? Go rages. <laughs> Thanks. No, I don't have any more damn coffee for you. Today's episode was sponsored by Go Rages for all of your flooring needs. I said all. Life getting you down? Is your head always drooping towards the floor? And then seeing your horrible floor just makes you feel that much worse? What to do? Don't change you. That's too much work. Change your floor instead. Go Rages Flooring has happy, sunny, exciting, rejuvenating flooring. They make flooring fun again. Woohoo! Go Rages Flooring. For one you just can't bear to look at your old, horrible floor anymore. You'll be so happy. You won't ever look at your floor again. Whoopee. That's GoRageousFlooring.com. GoRageousFlooring. G-O-R-A-G-E-O-U-S.com. Hey, so you've been talking about assassinations. And you know, we shouldn't go too much further in this because, you know, it's kind of a sensitive topic. 
A lot of my former clients would not like to hear about all that stuff, but go ahead. <laughs> well, I'll give you one more question. Okay. I said I was going to give you one more question. Oh, oh. <laughs> Boy, I hope you live, leave all that dead air in there. So, so, so when you said one more question, I thought you meant, because normally when someone says that, they're going to ask a question. No, I, gave, I said I'll give you one more question. Yeah, like you're going to give it to I'm going to give you one more question. As in you get to give me, ask me one more question. So one of my kids loves to build stuff. I mean, he loves it. He's really talented at it. Like, so for example, is whenever a box from like Amazon or something comes over, he'll build something out of the box. It could be like uh, uh, a bubblegum machine. It could be um, an airplane camera, uh, claws like uh, to extend your arm. But one of his favorite things to do is to build replicas, cardboard replicas of actual guns. And so I was noticing that you were looking just a second ago at a picture of a Lego. Are you looking over my shoulder? What are you I, doing? I was. You spying on me. <laughs> Stop spying on me. So what was that? Well, you know, this is, uh, again, I would, I would put this under my tips for young assassins uh, as what not to do. <laughs> what, toy guns? No, do not buy. This is not a toy gun. This only looks like a toy. Oh, what is it? This is a gun in the form of a Lego. Now, let me put wait, that. Wait, wait, is plastic? No, no, it's metal. It's just covered, it's painted and covered in not Lego bump. Well, it's covered in bumps. It's not the actual Lego bumps, but it may well be compatible with them. So it's I'm got not. like a grid system where you can put blocks on it's it. It's got a grid of bumps that looks like Lego and it's brightly colored. So the, the body of the gun, gun is that bright yellow, yellow, Lego yellow. It's Lego yellow. It's got a bright red hammer. It's got a bright blue handle. Uh, grip. It's just straight out of Lego. It looks like this literally is in a like pile of Legos. It sounds like perfect gun for a underage assassin. Because the police would be like, oh, it's just a toy. Well, that's the, that's, the, that's the funny thing, isn't it? Because there are laws against making toy guns look real. But are there laws against toy making real guns look like toys? Well, if it looks like Legos, it, it'll, it's only a matter of time. <laughs> well, this does look like Lego. So the funny thing about this, uh, A, it, it seems to me just to be a stupid idea right off the bat. Why would you take a real gun and make it look like a toy Lego? Training youth. To train youth so they know how to handle a gun. You don't need to do that. What? It make it, you don't need to make it look like a Lego to do that. But every kid on the planet love. I should say, every boy on the planet loves to make at least one gun out of his Legos. If it's not something that looks like a Star Wars laser gun or an actual like 38 special, every kid wants to make a gun out of their Legos. Christopher. What? I think you're overlooking something. Do tell. I think there's even a more universal, unifying, universally unifying thing. If I can say universal and unifying one more time. <laughs> Element to the masculine child experience and that is turning everything into a gun a gun is the basis of the masculine identity and so you don't even have to make it a lego i think there are more kids who play with guns than play with legos no i I don't know there's i think there's something like five blocks for every single child on the planet yeah but you think that's really evenly distributed no those things are expensive they are expensive especially if you try to get the kits but 
I'm just saying is that uh, this is a side topic, but I remember a few years ago, there were kids being sent to the principal's office and being expelled or suspended because they drew pictures of war scenes and people being killed. I would think that is the rudiment of at least 30% of every boy on the planet, like drawing a war scene. Boys grow into men and men, a large percentage of them turn into warriors for a reason well, to protect society. No, a lot large. What would we do without the, our soldiers? What would this country, would any country be without its soldiers? Well, Impossible. maybe if there were no soldiers, we wouldn't have to have countries. And I love utopia. You know, it'd be great if we lived in a utopia. I'm just saying, you, 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 boring, ask, you, you ask a utopian question, you're going to get a utopian answer. Well, I'm telling you, it's it's not practical. That's it's, what I'm well, saying. here's the thing. Let's it's only practical. Boys. It's only not practical because we have, quote, warriors and we have guns. But if you take all that away, we don't have that anymore. Now, that's so the reality of humanity is that we love killing each other. That's just the reality of it. I'm sorry. Okay. So, so, we, so we have that. This is, can this you show is, me a picture of this Lego looking gun? Now that I see it, I think to myself, that looks pretty cool. (laughs) Would you you want this? Would I buy it? Would you want it? If someone gave it to me, I'd smile. I don't buy handguns for one. I don't believe handguns belong in the the family home. Uh, I think handguns belong in police officers' homes, um, people that live in really dangerous neighborhoods. I believe young women who carry a small handgun in their purse that's cool because guns the are the only on. equalizer. Hang on. Have you seen the size of the most handbags? Does it really have to be that small? Fair enough. But my, my point is, I don't believe hand... People do not need handguns. I'm not trying to say we should make them outlawed or try to get rid of them. I'm just saying is that I don't believe a handgun is something that I would ever need or probably anybody else. But, you know, people feel different ways and you know how I am about things. If people feel a certain way and, and it's not hurting anybody else... Let it be. I I can guarantee you right now, if my daughter was living in a very bad neighborhood, I would insist that she had a handgun. How would she feel about, how would she feel about that? You know, I don't know. I know I gave her uh, a BB gun once and she used it one day and never touched it again. Does she know how to shoot? Absolutely. All my kids know how to shoot. It's part of, I feel gun training should be part of every child's education in the United States because we live in a gun society. It's like saying... Let's let's not learn how to do handwriting. I know that's another thing because we use typewriters. People still handwrite, so you have to learn how to write. You know, I know not everybody handwrites. Most people use computers for everything, but you need to learn how to write words. I feel like a gun's the same way. How can you be in the United States where people have guns, people use guns, and then not train your children on gun safety? That is what kills people. When so you, you learn think the, the safety, you, you think that in the United States would be better off if we taught our kids how to read and write and to use guns. Uh, that just safety. seems like man. Why would you? They need to read and write. That's crazy. <laughs> That's just crazy talk. Safety. I'm talking safety here. And so when I when I think that we don't teach our children uh, how to safely deal with a gun, it not not their own gun. What if somebody walks into a room with a gun? What do you do? Well, Is it hiding under the table? They should Maybe. be in a position to be walking into a room with a gun. It happens. I, I, police officers, what are you talking about? Every time you see a police officer, there's a gun. Not all yes. countries have police officers with guns. Right. Uh, most of them do. But my point is, is that they should understand what gun safety means. If there's a police officer or a military person who's not handling the gun in a safe manner, they should know. This is how people get hurt. They just are living in ignorance. And my children, even my daughter, 
understand what gun safety is. Do you, did, does she know, excuse me, would she know how to use a handgun though in a, in a, in a self-defense situation? No, but if she were to have a handgun, I'd make sure she had a handgun okay, well, class, handgun safety class, and then hand handgun training of some sort for more than one day. Well, that's it, the key is, is the training. It, yes. It's, it's like you can buy a gun without a license, but why, why is that? Why don't we have need more training in, in Texas? Even you used to don't have to do it anymore, but you used to have training before you could have a concealed weapon. That seemed like it made sense. That didn't seem like it was stepping on anybody's rights, but it was allowing society to have trained people with guns rather than, you know, yahoos with guns. And I, I know this doesn't always apply in this day, but I really feel guns is like cars. So I would never let my child start driving without being having the proper training, right? That's a pretty good analogy. Yeah. So same thing with a gun. They should have the proper training, but... I taught my children how to drive. Mm -hmm. I didn't send them to a class. Now, my oldest son did go to a class, yes. But well, like two years after he'd already been driving with me and we did it for insurance purposes. Mm -hmm. This is another reason why I don't agree with the driver's license after you're 18. I don't want my children to learn how to drive from somebody I don't know. I want to see them and watch them learn how to drive while they're in the home. Same thing with the gun. I want to see my children understand gun safety and how to properly handle a gun before they move out of the house. Right. With, with the driving though, or we'll take one, we'll nitpick with you a little bit. I would say that I, I will be teaching my son how to drive, but we will also be finding uh, a professional instructor to do that as well, because I am not, I, I know how to drive. And you know, of course, obviously I'm the best driver on the road, <laughs> but I, I don't know how to teach other people to drive. And I, and I recognize that that's a, I, I, I recognize that that's a shortcoming in me. And so I want him to get the best chance and the best education he can. So I'm going to have a professional, someone who actually knows the process of teaching another human being how to drive, to drive. Get his input as well. Well, that's funny you said that because once upon a time I was an educator and I would have these students that would be with me for a couple of years. And at some point I'd say to the parent, um, you you need to seek out another instructor. They can't go their whole life with just me. There's things I know and I'm really good at. But there's things that other people know that are really good at. So if you really want your child to become a really excellent musician, seek out multiple instructors, you know? Right. And same thing with the driving. And I would say the same thing with the gun safety. So for example, as I happen to live across the street from a Marine, so a couple of times we've gone over to his house and, you know, we talk gun talk. And I'm always so happy that my boys, my daughter's never there, my boys got to hear things from First of all, from a different perspective. And second, from somebody who's way more trained than I am. So th- I think that's great that you do that. So last last episode, you should go back and listen to the last episode. We talked a little bit about my gaming. I, mm-hmm, I play Halo mm-hmm, 5, mm-hmm. which is basically shoot them up. Interesting thing about that is when I play with people who have been in the military or against people in the military, it's like a whole different game. What do you mean? Better. Oh, yeah. They know what the hell they're doing. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, that makes we, sense to me. I've been playing, I literally been playing this stupid game for 20 years, which is hard to believe, but it's true. And I still usually just run out there and start shooting whatever I see. Do you think it works the reverse way? How so? So for example, is say there's this kid who's been like playing um, Call of Duty since he was five years old, right? He turns 18, joins the Army Marines, whatever. Do you think tactically they're better than a kid that no. was not a gamer. No, I, and I think that boot camp will be a helpful thing, a tool to beat them out of whatever bad traits or habits they have had. I think that's a good, you know, boot camp I think is a way to get people to, you know, forget what they knew or, or excuse me, to forget what they think they knew and start over. 
Oh, so I, I that's funny because um, it going back to the musician thing. Sometimes you'll get a kid that was trained by another kid or learned maybe on their own, and they I have to unteach them fingering. Ooh, that sounds terrible. Don't say people. fingering. <laughs> Let me go to the trumpet for example. I always tell my students put your thumb underneath the the tube, right? Uh, the, the part of the bell. And then you put your pinky on top of the hook. Do not put your finger in the hook. Do not put your hand around. Anyways, and I, it drives me crazy every time I see a kid not playing the trumpet correctly. Because I know if they ever become professional, they're going to have arthritis way before all the rest of the musicians. And so it bugs me. So I have to unteach them. I'm sure it's the same with like video games in the military. Yeah, you got, it was the same with everything. You got to boot camp kids, get rid of whatever nonsense they have in their heads already. So back to this Lego gun. Oh, sorry, sorry, Lego so this gun. This is not made, obviously, by the Lego company. This was made by some American, stupid American. They got to be sued, I'm right? I'm sorry. Silly American company. Well, what company? What company? You got to tell. I, I saw this gun, and my immediate thought was like, "That is awful." But on the on the hammer, they have the name of the gun, and they called it. Now this was too small, so originally I thought it was called Block Nine, and I thought that was amazing. I thought that was pretty funny. Block is yeah, yeah. It's a Glock, yeah. Get it. It, it's actually Block Nineteen, which kind of ruins the joke. Doesn't flow, doesn't flow as well. Block Nine, I thought was perfect, but it was some little company, some stupid little company. Um. Here it's Culper Precision, um, and it's that a, sounds like a dangerous. I, I would a never Glock. buy a gun from a non an unknown company. It's a customized Glock. Oh, it is. That's what they say. This company said that Lego sent them a cease and desist order. Yeah, I don't get it. What do you mean? There's no, Lego says, look at you can't copy our product. I mean, they're it's not yellow, copying like the product. Lego yellow and a Lego red. Those are literally primary colors. You. Cannot copyright or trademark primary but it's got colors. The, it's got the grid system. It's on got it. the bumps. Bumps are also there. Are literally clone Lego kits that you can go to Target and buy in in Target. I'm sure they got those people got a season. They're still there. Mega blocks. I don't know what they're called, but there are plenty of ex- existing products that you know. That, and that there's no way that patent is long, like literally decades expired. There's no way to enforce that. I don't know. What so what thinking. did they do when they got that? Letter? Oh no, they they did they, they desisted. I think rightly so because it was a dumb idea. But I don't, from a legal standpoint, I don't see that they had any need to do that. I don't, I don't think there was any. Clever marketing though, right? I mean, I never heard of this company. I don't think I've heard of this company. And now, now we're talking about it on a podcast. I'm going to say, yeah. So now three more people will hear it. Um, <laughs> so that's you, me, and one other person. Uh, I don't, I don't see the, I, I don't think uh, any advertising that they got out of this, I think was purely accidental. I don't think this was an intentional ploy. But uh, again, I don't see how Lego has any grounds to send a cease and desist. It, it just doesn't seem. It, it's great that they they complied with it. I think they should have because I think it was a bad product. But from a legal standpoint, I don't think it was necessary. I'm not disagreeing with you on any Good. of that. Because I hate I hate for you to be wrong. Hey, I I know you want to talk about new products. Today. Well, I like, yeah, sometimes I like <laughs> you're it, like a new product guy today. <laughs> you do you, hey? I know do products. You, do you do uh, the uh, consumer? products magazine consumer reports yeah not anymore but you did oh a long time ago it's been a long time since they've been kind of relevant though in my opinion yeah wire cutter is a lot more interesting though i don't really trust wire cutter on a lot of things all right let's just uh get one more warm-up okay on the coffee and then i want to hear what you have to say about cars or a car okay hi this is chris Burns. you might have guessed 
I want to let you know if you have a fabulous idea for a podcast, but never knew how to really get going on it, you should contact Margaret's in Motion. How it works is you show up to their studio. The mics are set up. There's computers that do the recording for you. When the podcast is done, they have an editor for you. And the great thing is once you get it to sound the way you like it, they do the broadcasting for you. They make sure that it is found on all the major podcast outlets. And on top of that, they create a website just for your podcast. It's an easy and fun thing to do. And it's all right here in Phoenix, Arizona. So if it's something that you think you can do and you'd like to do and you have a fabulous idea, contact Markers in Motion. That's info at MarkersInMotion.com. Hey, you have a wonderful day. And we're coming back to talk about Ford Mavericks. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Did, what were you going to say? Tell me about cars, James. Oh, Prius? No, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about <laughs> you. Your, said cars. I don't, I don't want to hear about your little car. It's not little. <laughs> you little. What, all right, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Where exactly know, do you I think you're nothing. going? What? Where exactly do you think you're going? Well, some some people's cars are bigger than others. <laughs> yeah, and what does that have to do with anything? Nothing. It has nothing to do with anything. Go ahead. Tell me what you got to say. I want to hear. You've been wanting to talk. You've been talking about this for a couple of days. Are you talking about the Maverick? Because that's not a car. That's a truck. Oh, right. Of course. It's a vehicle. We always do this. We say cars and okay. Well, see, that's you. You got me completely off track there because when you said car, I thought, well, the only car I know anything about is a Prius. But you actually want to talk about the truck, which is a Ford. Now, this is a contentious topic, though, whether it's a truck. I have talked to other truckies. Okay. Like Trekkies, but worse because they're truckies, <laughs> who dispute the idea that this is a truck. The Ford Maverick is Ford's new hybrid light small truck. What is small? I mean, well, small it's like still got, I don't remember what the, it's still uh, like a four and a half foot wide bed and it's at least four and a half long, feet is it long. Is part Maybe. of the F series? No. It's way smaller than the F series. The funniest thing is when you see people like in the photo, sh- the photo shoots of it. People are actually able to stand next to the the back of the truck, the the flatbed, reach over and pick stuff up. Oh, wow. Is it like a mini? It's not a mini. It's like trucks used to be like 20 years ago. You could actually just lean over into the bed because the bed isn't. It's 10 feet in the air. Oh, right, right. Like a like stupid all the old F- Toyotas, F-150. The old Dotsons. The old <laughs> Dotsons, the, the old Toyotas. Even the old little Rangers were like this. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, it's just, you, you know, you started I the big a 450 once. or something like that, whatever well, yeah, yeah. nonsense you had, which was 10 feet off the off the. It band. actually wasn't. It was actually pretty low because it, okay. it was a farm It was a farm truck. Well, anyways, anyways. they're all 10 feet off the ground now. Okay. So it's a unibody construction, which also isn't very truck-like, but it, it does everything you need a small truck to do because it's got the bed. And I can't remember if it's four or five feet long, but it's, it's you know. But can you actually put anything in it and go up a hill? That's always the question to me. If, if you call it a truck or you call it like a car, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's for hauling and it it's can't go hauling. up a hill. See, this is the thing. So Then why have a bed? The Maverick yeah. is a bit. It, let's start with what they say it is. Okay. $20,000. Okay. So that's for a truck, price. that's kind of yeah. freaking amazing. My neighbor just bought one and paid for used almost 45. I think it was over 45. It's a hybrid. Nice. So in town, it's scheduled to get 40 miles to the gallon. Pretty good, especially so living in the city. We're talking about 
a $20,000 four-door hybrid truck that gets 40 miles a gallon in town. Sounds like it's going to be purchased by a lot of kids. This sounds amazing to me. Yeah. Does it work? <laughs> that is a good question. This is a whole new drivetrain by Ford. So we'll know in the fall, well, we'll start to know in the fall if it's actually going to work, if it actually hits their targets and if they actually sell it for $20,000 because that is below anything that you can get from Toyota. Well, $20,000 might be a car with no radio. And, no, and- no, no. This is pretty well specced. The tw- and, and here's the funny thing is, only the base model is the hybrid. Once you start to get up and, oh, did I mention that it's front wheel drive? Uh, see, I don't like that. I think it's brilliant. Why? Because for this model, it's, it's front wheel drive. It's a small, lightweight truck. Most people don't actually drive anything with a truck with anything in it. So you want the weight over the front. Yeah, that makes sense. But in a truck, the, the best part about a rear rear wheel drive. Yes. Or even an all wheel drive Mm -hmm. is when you put that weight on, it actually grips the road better. Exactly. So this would be a perfect truck for me. I would go and get materials for once in a while, but I wouldn't have that. You know, I'd have a few pieces of plywood in it. I have some other, you know, some stuff in it. I would very rarely have anything very heavy in it. And I think that's for most construction stuff. That would be the, the case too, unless you're like building a house from scratch and you needed to literally haul as many two by fours as you possibly could from the, store to the site. I think this is a great lightweight entry-level truck. Now, if you want all-wheel drive or if you want any kind of real towing capacity, you have to step up to the quote, the regular gas engine. And they have, once you get they the gas a version engine, that's like a, a goosed up version of that where it can handle a little more, you know, like, so we were talking about the F series on our other show, mm-hmm. uh, pop sub. So you have the F series, you have the 150, which is actually the bare minimum. Right. Right. And then you have the 250, 350, 450, and then you start getting into some big farm trucks, you know, even, I think there's even a 650. I don't know. Actually, I saw, um, once at a trade show, they, I think it was an 850 and it was this massive truck. Well, I have a 950. Well, dang. <laughs> anyway, so they're not going to do that. Well, not the hybrid version. The, the, like I said, they have. I think they have two other models with gas engines and more powerful and yet more powerful again. So those, when you move into the gas engine, you still have the same small four-door truck. So it's look, you, you basically have a, a, a decent starter truck. You get all-wheel drive and you get decent towing Does the capacity. price go up once it's gas? It seems like yeah. it'd be the opposite, but maybe we're, we've hit the technology point where it's a wash and at some point electric cars will be cheaper. I don't think it's getting much more expensive, but that's the crazy thing. I really would like to see the financials on this car because like I said, at $20,000, that's less expensive than any hybrid that Toyota sells. My my big fear- Or has ever sold. My big fear with any kind of electric car is in order for the car to drive- with a, with a battery driven engine, it has to be extremely light. And the problem is if I'm on a freeway Doesn't and I'm going light. like 65 miles an hour, which is pretty normal for a lot of freeways around the United States. And I get in a little fender bender. If it's an electric car, I I'm worried I'll be dead for a fender bender, like a little bump at 65 miles an hour. And that car's so light. I flip over. Oh. And of course it has no real frame for protection. My, I get, Whoa, my head whoa, cut whoa. off. I what mean, what do you mean? What do you I mean, about what, what do you like mean has no real frame for protection? Well, for example, is a lot of these electric cars in, in order for them to keep the gas mileage that we're talking, even a gas cars in order for them to keep the gas mileage at a level that attracts buyers, they have to take shortcuts on the weight and safety of the vehicle. I disagree. I, I will. I disagree with that. 
point of view completely because weight is not a deciding factor on how safe a no, car material is. No, material is, and usually materials well, are heavy. Engineering is more important than weight. And if you engineer a car to crumple instead of not crumple, then you will be safer than if you're in a car that doesn't crumple but is heavier. I don't know about all that. No, that's that's just simple physics. If you come to a sudden stop, but you have you know, 18 inches of metal that will crumple and absorb that energy as you're, as you're coming to that stop, you're going to be way safer than you're, if you're in in a vehicle that has no crumple zone. So those 18 inches do not crumple and you come to an immediate stop. That's when your internal organs basically burst open and you die. (laughs) I did one time come to a sudden stop in a VW, 1967 VW bus. Well, that's the worst of all worlds. It is because when I woke up, I I told you the story. When I woke up, I was on the hood in front of the car. (laughs) <laughs> There's no hood on that car. Well, not after I hit the vehicle. No, you're talking about a VW. Did you say VW bus? Bug. I'm sorry. Oh, VW, bug. Okay, I'm bug? sorry. I I may have misheard you. you so the yeah. <laughs> okay. So the problem with the 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 bug, the old bugs. Beetles, Nothing in the front. Yeah, there's not. There's, well, there's the a engine, tire there. There's a the tire. Engines in the back. There's no structural stability whatsoever. And there's nothing, there's no engine in the front to crumple or to even protect you. You are completely unprotected. You know what my dad did? I thought was kind of clever. Uh, when he had his Bought you a different car? Yeah. No, that, believe me, that didn't happen. Um, the, uh, the first VW that I can remember him having when I was a kid, he actually took the bumper off and got this massive piece of wood <laughs> and bolted it where the other thing used to be. Okay. And, um, and stained it, which, cause he used to make furniture and stuff and he used to stain it. And it was the coolest looking thing. And I remember thinking, my God, if that hits anything, it's, it's going to give, but it's also, it's never going to dent. Cause I don't know if you remember, if you know anything about those old VW, if you hit something, they definitely dented. In fact, one time I tried to tow by pulling pulling the vehicle, it actually dented the other, pulled the other direction. It was like, had a little point in the front because nice. the, the uh, chain literally pulled the right. It, it, pulled it deformed it the metal. Yeah, it tore the metal. That's how bad those cars uh, bumpers used to be. So when well, you the, put on that big wooden the, mass, the thing I would worry about that yeah. with that wooden bumper is that if you hit something, the only thing that would be left would be the wooden bumper. <laughs> the, the, the rest of the car is just going to simply crumple, crumple Possibly. around it. Possibly <laughs> not the best car. So anyway, back to the Maverick. Yes, go ahead. Uh, oh, I, I, well, actually, back to electric cars. This isn't an electric car. This is a hybrid car. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. And its mileage goes down on the highway, which so a lot of hybrids I, do. Is significantly, what is it? I, I don't think they actually said, but I think it's probably in the mid thirties. I think he'd be. I think he'd be lucky if he got mid thirties on the highway on this car. Truck. I wonder if it's going to be one of those like those VW. Since we're talking about VW, where it's like. It's got the secret chip, which changes every time you get a radius of a DMV or a I smog think, check thing. I think hopefully we're past that time. Plus, we're not talking about Germans here. <laughs> Those deceptive Germans. I can't believe that Volkswagen's still in business after that fiasco. Well, I... Diesel When's gate. the last time you've seen a new VW on the road? All the damn time. Oh, you do? I do. Well, in this oh, neighborhood... Oh, you live in the city, so <sighs> I guess so. Yeah, they don't care. They just, you know, the, all these bleeding heart liberals just don't care that... VW Volkswagen is responsible for hundreds of tons of illicit carbon being dumped in the atmosphere because of their diesel gate nonsense. Yeah. That, that, that surprises me. When I was in California a few weeks ago, um, I noticed Tesla's, we talked about this on pops up too. I noticed Tesla's are everywhere with the paper license plate. 
Because mm-hmm. oh, they're really? brand new. Wow. Okay. Everywhere. I was like, uh, it may have been number one last year, but it is definitely to be number one this year also. Because like, it, I couldn't believe it. Number one in electric car sales, but nothing else. They don't sell very many of those. I mean, yes, they sell a lot, but they're still a tiny, tiny company compared to well, anyone else. Well, it's just else. California, obviously. But No, you see them here too. You see them all over. They are phenomenal cars. I mean, they're, they're super fast. They're super comfortable. Are you going to buy one? I don't have the money to buy one. Do, they was, make a cheap one now, don't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A cheap one is $35,000, which good luck getting a base model. Oh, you can't get base models. That's what I've heard. Uh, you're probably in for at least, at least 40, if and, not more. Well, it's crazy right now. Just the automotive industry at all. My, my neighbor bought a new truck actually three days ago. And, um, and I don't mean brand new, like a used truck. Mm. And one of the reasons he got a used truck is because they have all these trucks and vehicles sitting in manufacturing plants all over the United States that are just sitting there because they're missing a few key parts, usually computer chips or some kind of electronic thing because they just can't find a computer chip because they completely relied on, Hey, we'll just order them from China. Never considering, Hey, maybe we should make at least one plant here and not completely rely on other country. I think this drought in electronics long-term is going to help the United States as far as jobs and helping with manufacturing. If we can bring that back to the States, that'd be awesome. I just want to nitpick a little bit what you said earlier about a part of it is lack of chips. It's a hundred percent lack of chips, the semiconductors. And it's funny, depending upon which news use, news source you look at. And I think it's actually a combination, both not my neighbor, which, <laughs> new, which news source you look at as to where the blame is. And there are two, I think, genuine sources. But like I said, depending upon which news source you say, it, it, it cites one or the other. One source of this chip shortage is the pandemic cycling. Like when the pandemic hit, a lot of companies cut their output. So there's there's a lag in the industry of coming back. And there are a couple of companies also very specifically in this industry that had to close some of their factories and they haven't had a chance to reopen them. And they can't shift the production around as well. So some of it is con, uh, supply constraints which is also leading to inflation, which is why a lot of the inflation we have now is hopefully transient, hopefully, not necessarily, but hopefully. The other, though, culprit that is part of this chip shortage is Trump's war, uh, trade war on China, because that was part of this was uh, focused on the chips. Oh, I think you're totally right about that. So it restricted the, the flow, but it's both of these things that are applying to it. But like I said, depending upon which news source you see, it's one or yeah, the other. And the people are mad. And I, 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 Remember when he was starting this whole campaign on China, I remember thinking we were going to have some serious shortages in a lot of places. And my first thought was, and I expressed this to the people around my house, this is going to be terrible in the beginning and it's going to be marvelously beautiful in the end because a, a perfect example is my dad's plant. As soon as the shortages happened, his plants in Kansas city. And so as soon as the shortages happened, his sales went up. I mean, so now he is make his company is making more now than it ever has because there's shortages. There's nowhere else to get product like his except from his plants. Really helped it out. He's hired, he's hired. I think it's. I know it's not a lot of people, but he's hired like 15 more people. He went from a day shift and an evening shift to a third mm. shift. So. Um, and that's not a full time shift. I think it's just a couple nights a week. But my point is, is that now he's employed more people now imagine my my father's little teeny company versus these massive companies that are going to have to figure out ways to manufacture on their own long term i think this is going to be so beautiful for our country okay that's that's a really narrow example because we're also looking at the auto industry which is being hurt by it 
So you have one industry that can, you have some industries well, that can take advantage of it. That's what you, I'm saying. You have some industries that can take advantage of it and you have some industries that are going to be hurt by it. And is it short term? Because I think Americans have very short term memory. And I think once we go back to looking to cut, cut as much cost as possible, we'll go right back to China. I'm not disagreeing with that especially under this, uh, the current administration, but if they, I know that they're in any special hurry to run, um, run manufacturing back, back to China. Right. So my point is, I don't believe successful companies have short term memories. I think it might not be long as we'd like it to be. Companies remember what happened five years ago. And so, um, if companies start building or at least putting a division in their manufacturing somewhere in the States, like, Hey, we better do some chips here. So for example, a lot of products, especially when we're talking about vehicles, depending where you buy the car in the United States, the parts in the car are made different places. So for example, is if you're in uh, the Southwest, maybe a lot of the parts are coming from Mexico versus if you're on the East Coast, maybe the parts come from China or Thailand or somewhere else, right? And that depends, I think, on the manufacturer because some manufacturers are very specific about where their parts come from. I'm not saying that they don't no, come no, from all over the world. There, but, but, like but you do get mo- my point. Like one model of car, We'll, ha- we'll always basically have the transmission from Mexico and the battery from Canada. You know, it's a mix of places, but they usually don't, based on geographic locations, mix. Though I don't know about the Americans. The American, the American, like GM and Ford may, may do it differently. I, so I don't know about their support. Well, I have, let's just say this. I've noticed some, I'm sorry, some products in the home improvement industry. Where you are in the United States, the color of the plastic is slightly different. And it's not a batch thing is it's literally from a different plant. And so it's slightly different. In fact, even in my kids' toys, I've looked in the past, like I get two matching one, one, one for one boy, another toy for the other one. And, and they're matching toys, but yet they look a little different. And you literally look at the bottom and one says made in Taiwan and the other one says made in China. I mean, they look almost the same, but they're just slightly off. Right. In the United States, we can have a plant that says, okay, we're going to have some chips we are going to have some of these chips come from, I don't know, Oregon. All right. And then the rest of these chips are going to be shipped in from China and they're going to come in from in, in the ports of North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so if we keep this up, you're going to see a lot of jobs coming in the long term based on short term growing pains. If you ever get a chance, there's this great article I read a few months ago in uh, Tech Buzz, and it's called Dealing with Growing Pains of the Growing Stage. And it kind of talks about this. Yeah, but I, like I said, I just worry that we'll go back down to the lowest common dollar, you know, low, lowest common uh, bid. Everything's a pendulum. It'll eventually happen. Now, we don't have to do that. We, we could put in place uh, regulations that, or some of the smarter companies have, have been doing that for a while now. China, I mean, Apple... People like to dump an apple and Apple's been pointed out a lot lately and saying, well, you know, when if China decides to turn off your supply of parts, you uh, Apple's done. And it's like, not so much because they, I don't know how it was at least, it was over five years ago when I started noticing supply chain for Apple, because I read about this stuff once in a while. I yeah. know it's kind of weird, but they started diversifying. They were all in China, but since then they've been diversifying out of China. They make places They're They're in Vietnam. They're in, they're in uh, North Korea. They're in bed with Samsung, who is one of their main rivals, but Samsung makes a lot of their stuff for them. So they have really distri- distributed and dispersed. So, and, and that's a model that other people can take, you know, not, not having everything relied on one country of China, which is not the most reliable country these days. Have you had any problems not getting any products personally? I don't buy anything. <laughs> uh, speaking of buying things, 
Mavericks. <laughs> I would. Oh, let me say about the Maverick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would very interested in this vehicle, but I would only buy one if I was making enough money to be able to write off a new vehicle in five years. As in, this vehicle basically fell apart. I would not buy it unless I had twenty thousand dollars to write off fully. Because I do not, I do not, I am not sure about where Ford is going to be. This is a whole new hybrid. Strictly drive based on what you've told me in the last few minutes. Yep. I am so interested in going down in September to go see the, uh, I'm assuming they're going to come out in September. Maybe it's October now, but used to be September was the big reveal at the car lot place or time. Anyways. So I'm super, I'm super excited about Ford Maverick, but I'm also very skeptical. So I think this could be a huge, if, if Ford pulls this off, this would be extraordinary. Well, but, I love Ford, so I hope they do. But I'm hey, skeptical, I'm, so <laughs> let's leave it on that note. Okay, okay. I'm out of coffee happens. anyways. All right, thanks, Christopher. Hey, Bye-bye. James, thanks again for letting me hit, come over to your house and enjoy a coffee with you. Sure thing. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Heat Stroke is brought to you by Markers in Motion. Audio engineer, Christopher Furman. If you'd like to contact Heat Stroke, go to heatstrokepodcast.com. Don't you see me? Take a boo. Don't you feel me? It's morning dew. All I want yes. is a cup. Yes. A very large cup. Yes. In my hand. Yes. A large cup. Hot. Warm. Oh. Cup. It's not tea. And it must be dark, dark brown. Oh, it's a from brown. Make it hot, make it hot, make it very, very hot. Coffee. Once upon a midnight dreary, well, I was pounding weak and weary. Upon your phone, it looked so dreary. I got a suggestion that would make you cheery. It's gorgeous. They got floors with fishes and fairies, bubbles and berries, cats and canaries. So as you're looking for something a little unique, go to our website and go take a peek. That's G-O-R-A-G-E-O-U-S dot com. Go Rage's floor for the outrageous look.